0: Coming up next on the Church Solutions Podcast, we talk with Bobby Williams from churchfuel.com and how the pandemic is changing the way we do church Permanent. Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacy and Phil Thompson. And welcome everyone to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson and uh, normally with us is Steve Lacy. He is uh, actually on vacation. He's in San Diego, which is where I'm going next week. So, Uh, He kind of copied me on that, but uh, he's gone. Michael Gray sometimes is with us. Mike is out today. Uh, But I do have a special guest. Uh, Bobby Williams is our guest, and I'm going to introduce Bobby in a moment or so. If you're new to our podcast, we've been doing this for many, many moons, even before it was fashionable to do podcasts. We were doing video stuff probably 10, 12 years ago or more. And uh, we like doing this. We are a company that works with churches and ministries exclusively. Uh, We primarily do streaming video, but we do uh, all sorts of different topics on podcasts, not just streaming and technical things. Uh, All of us with uh, StreamingChurch.tv and our company here, all of us have a background in ministry. And so we are very much, uh, uh, you know, we have a real desire to help people who are volunteering, who are leaders. Uh, and so a lot of our podcasts focus on that as well as the technical things. So that's where I'll bring Bobby Williams in. Bobby is uh, uh, a man of many talents. Uh, he is the lead pastor of a multi-site church, which we'll get into in a little bit, in East Tennessee, beautiful part of the country there. Uh, he also is the community and coaching director of Church Fuel, which we'll talk about. Also the executive content director of Ignite Church network. And uh, as you can tell here, he does a lot of jobs. We'll, we'll try to figure out exactly how he does all that. I don't know how he was, but uh, but he really wants to help people follow follow Jesus. And uh, he's been married for 15 years, got a couple of great kids. Bobby, thanks for being with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast.
1: Yeah. Hey Phil, it's great to be here. I'm uh, Really excited to talk to you guys, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully one day be able to have such an amazing background in my videos as well, such as you. Because uh, I
0: just want to be where you are, man. Well, actually, this is actually Mission. This background is actually Mission Beach, San Diego. We're in Tucson, Arizona, but uh, I have this thing lately for Mission Beach. Uh, we go there quite a bit, in my family, and uh, so I stuck it back there since I since since I could do it. I did it, so uh, that, that's what's on the background here. So, if in case people are watching, we uh, we are wondering, we do this is obviously audio as well as video, and we got Bobby here on video. So, so Bobby, uh, thanks again for being with us today. I'll spend a few minutes. Uh, you've been a lead pastor here of uh, what's the name of your church?
1: Yeah, our church is called uh, the Ridge Church, and uh, we're located in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, one of our locations is there; uh, another location in Clinton, Tennessee. Uh, right outside of the Knoxville area.
0: All right, good. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today was uh, you're also working with Church Fuel, and I want to talk a little bit about how you. And, and well, I'll let you explain what Church Fuel here is. ChurchFuel.com. That's the domain, right? ChurchFuel.com. I want to. Uh, I want to really talk a little bit about how you guys are working with churches in the pandemic. But first, talk about Church Fuel. What do you guys do? What is Church Fuel?
1: Yeah, uh, I love talking about Church Fuel. It's one of my favorite things uh, that I get to do. Uh, so Church Fuel is a uh, resource company. We offer uh, we offer resources for churches as well as coaching, uh, also for churches. And we make insanely practical resources uh, to help churches uh, get where they want to go uh, and be who they want to be. And so we've been at that for goodness, uh, five or six years now, I think, yeah. uh, with church fuel and, um, man, it's, it's been great. The pandemic obviously has created a lot of work for us right now, uh, but man, we, we love helping churches. So we're, we're excited to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. I remember uh, interviewing Michael uh, a few years ago, maybe when you guys were relatively new at it. So it's exciting to see how you guys are doing. So, look, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic. It seems like every podcast we do here at Church Solutions, we're talking about COVID nineteen. Uh, but I think it's we we do we do need to talk about it. We need to talk about it, and and I'm sure you guys are, uh, you know, you're you're working with churches, you're coaching churches. Uh, what have been some of the challenges that that you're getting from people now from pastors? I mean, this pandemic, you know, is, it's horrific. Uh, some churches are meeting now, some are meeting and doing online, some are not meeting at all. Uh, what kind of a challenge has this been for you guys?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, the challenges have, it, it's kind of like a moving target right now. The challenges are constantly changing You know, when the the pandemic first hit, many of the challenges that we were facing uh, because of the churches that we work with, we work with a a lot of churches that are normal-sized churches, you know, less than 100 or 200, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, which we, some people might say, well, that's a small church. And we say, no, that's that's actually a normal-sized church. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, most of the churches that we work with, uh, you know, are in that normal-sized range. And so a lot of them, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, were just figuring out how do we get online? Like, how do we stream our services and what are the, the best practices for doing that? You know, so there were a lot of challenges around that. And then, of course, you know, as the pandemic has shifted and, you know, in some states churches can gather, some they can't, uh, you know, so there's still, some are still doing online only, some are, you know, trying to juggle both. Uh, n- now a lot of the challenge is going from, okay, how do we keep people engaged? Uh, how do we, uh, you know, it was, one of those one of those challenges, you know, especially was like, "Hey, we hit Easter, and now everybody nobody wants to gather online anymore, right?" So, it was like, "How right. do we keep people engaged? How do we uh, how do we do discipleship in a digital uh, digital format? How do we uh, continue to uh, be able to fund the mission and the ministry uh, through the challenges that everyone is facing in America, you know, around finances right now?" So we're really just trying to to help churches navigate all of those places uh, wherever they are, because they're all in different spots right now. And, and so for us, it, it's just been a constant moving target.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm amazed. Uh, you know, we work with churches and and of course, when the pandemic hit us in March and April, uh, it was just amazing. We were just, uh, you know, frankly overwhelmed for a week or two. And then uh, we, you know, we got on our feet here because providing streaming video. I, I'm, I'm act- we actually are running, we're still, you know, getting people wanting to stream uh, that have never streamed before. And we're actually running across some churches that, that don't even have websites, mm. which I'm just amazed. I mean, yeah. it's 2020, you don't have a website, you know, exactly. and some of these churches are using Facebook. You know to reach people, but uh, it's just unbelievable uh, to me that you don't have a website. But but we understand that. So all right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this stuff. So um, the pandemic hit. Walk walk me through, if you could, uh, because you're you know you're lead pastor of a multi-site deal, so you probably were already doing something with streaming. But when this thing hit, you guys, uh, walk me through even just the first couple of weeks or so, what was going through your mind, through your leadership team's mind, and and how were you processing this thing? (laughs) Yeah. uh... (laughs) Because some people, you know, I'll let you answer that, but but some people are like, oh, this is going to pass. It'll be gone in a month, or it's not really a big deal. Or some were like, oh, my gosh, this is a big deal. So, you know, walk me through that yeah uh,
1: I think we, we certainly uh, experienced a lot of that too, you know, thinking well you know we'll be out for two, maybe three weeks before we can regather again together. and then kind of about halfway through through that process, uh, you know we realized that it was going to be a lot longer. you know we might be looking at 10, 12, you know who knows you know how long before we can actually begin to regather. but uh, for us, uh, just personally speaking from our church's perspective, uh, you know, we began to really think through, okay, what, uh, what does it look like? Uh, because we've had this conversation in our churches before, uh, and we, we have this conversation a lot within church fuel as well with the churches that we uh, help, is what does it look like when your most prized, most powerful uh, piece on the chessboard is removed? your queen, right? right. It's uh, it goes back to a, a, a uh, Alan Hurst reference, uh, from one of his books where he talks about how, you know, churches, the, the Sunday gathering is really like the queen on the chessboard, right? And so how do you play the game of chess without your most powerful piece? Because the best chess play, players in the world, they strategize their strategy around looking at, Hey, how can I win this match without utilizing my queen? And then when you reinsert the queen, you know, it's it's like checkmate. Right. So so we started to to really get down to looking at, OK, what is what does this really look like? We've talked about it a lot before, but now we really get to practice what that looks like. And so it really began began to be discussions of how do we go from a centralized type of church to a decentralized type of mini or micro churches uh, you know, around our community. And uh, so we, we had a lot of discussions around that, uh, realizing that we were gonna be in this place for quite a
0: while. Yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge, and I apologize by the way for the hum in the background. It's uh, going to be probably 107 degrees today in Tucson, so uh, my air conditioning is running right now. Uh, hey. But uh, so sorry for the buzz. So all right, so you know you're looking through all this stuff, you're going through all these things are going through your mind. Uh, when you're working with pastors, you know your team, but then other pastors with your your other gig here with Church Fuel. Uh, uh, what's your advice to them as far as, you know, several things you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, helping people get, stay engaged. Uh, one of the things, you know, I also work with a church part-time, and one of the things I've seen since we've gone exclusively online, and and we're not meeting, by the way, where we're at. We, we have a small facility. We just, we feel like it's just not a, a, a good environment for people it's not a good experience our church is about 100 people but our facility is really small so when we have 100 people we're pretty crowded mm-hmm. so it's really hard for us to do social distancing and, and all those things and, and it's just hard because the facility's small so so there's different options out there well do you let 20 or 30 people in you know and then do you do multiple services but uh and by the way are you guys meeting is, is your church oak ridge meeting are you guys yeah. You are getting. Yeah, we've uh, been meeting since about the uh, very end of May. Okay, so you've been going. So you didn't have. So like in Arizona, we had flare ups. We had we had uh, we shut down for a while here in Arizona and then it spiked. So then Mm -hmm. we shut back down again (laughs) and and now it's starting to go back down. So you guys made out you're in Tennessee. So maybe you didn't have quite what we experienced. Uh, So you're meeting. Uh, Well, let me, I'm getting off track here a little bit, but let me ask you, what what have you changed? Or if anything, since you are meeting again, what what has changed? Are are you doing any social distancing? Are you asking people to wear masks? Are you uh, spraying Lysol all over the place? What's going (laughs) on? What's changed or what hasn't changed?
1: Yeah, so yeah, a lot has changed honestly. Um, you know, especially in our gatherings. Uh we are uh, we're a church that we would do communion every week uh together as a church. We we had to put that on pause. Uh that was one of the the first things. You know, logistically speaking, we we had to change uh, you know, seating arrangements to allow for social distancing. You know, we are uh, because of where we are, and we've been very cognizant to, you know, make sure that we, you know, check the data and are constantly watching those things. But uh, we've not had major, major types of flare ups like I know that you guys have had in Arizona and some other parts of the country. Uh, So we've been able to say, you know, like, especially like for masks. Hey, uh, we is it, uh, so, uh, we've been able to say, hey, we encourage it, but it's not required. There's not a mask mandate in Tennessee or in our city. So we've been able to say, hey, we encourage it, but it's not required. And, you know, it's about 50-50, you know, which is okay, uh, you know, within our, within our congregations. Uh, And then we've done some other things. You know, we shortened our service a little bit so people aren't, you know, uh, together in the room for as long. Uh, But really the biggest things that we have done has been really re-strategizing around uh, what we're doing digitally. Uh, We were doing streaming and, you know, all that stuff before, you know, before the pandemic. And so that wasn't much of a shift for us there. But, uh, you know, shifting a lot of our groups, uh, uh, you know, uh, to online as well as uh, moving some of, uh, you know, how we connect with our community uh, through a a more of an online type of of way uh, versus an in-person type of way. Uh, and, And then really trying to just balance those things out and even move the ball down the field a little bit on that and say, hey, what does this look like for us long term? Because, you know. And you've probably uh, had this conversation with lots of churches. Uh, you know, we're when we began to regather, we knew that we were not going to be, you know, where we were back in March when we stopped gathering physically. There were going to be a lot of people that just were not going to come back, uh, you know, for various reasons. And that's been the case. You know, at, at Church Fuel, a lot of the churches we work with have seen anywhere from only you know, 30 to 20% of their congregation come back at this point. Wow.
0: 20 and, to 30%. Okay. I've, I've heard 40 or 50, but 20% or 30. Wow. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah very, very interesting. Um, and, and, and we, we expect that number to kind of, you know, begin to slowly rise a little bit uh, for us personally, uh, we've been very lucky. We've seen about sixty percent of our congregation come back, and so we're we're very fortunate for that. Uh, but one of the things that that we have to understand and realize is that even when things get to be, you know, the best, the best that they can be, uh, we we've probably lost twenty percent of our congregation that will never come back. Right? They'll just. They're just not coming back. And and so so now it's not just saying, okay, well, what can we do in the meantime to sort of bridge that gap? Now it's saying, what can we do long term? Like, how does this how do we re strategize everything that, that we are doing in order to continue to reach those people?
0: All right. So what are you what, what are your thoughts about long term? I mean, I, I can tell you what my church is doing, but I'm interviewing you. <laughs> so, <Sure. laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we're kind of seeing the same thing. We're, we're thinking this is a long term thing. I mean, COVID-19 has changed, in my opinion, changed the way we do church. And in some ways, that may not be such a bad thing. Uh, right. But but let me get your take on that. What, what are you guys doing? Are you going to be doing online workshops? Are you doing classes? Just Tell us what your thoughts are
1: yeah that's that's great um you know we we have changed uh, quite a few things as far as our our strategy for some things um you know one of the big things uh, a project that we were actually working on before covid uh but now we've sort of kicked into high gear is taking our uh, our partnership we call it membership partnership uh here and so taking that uh, process completely online uh, and, and instead of doing, you know, uh, like a lot of churches will do a growth track, right? Like one mm-hmm. on that kind of right. thing. Right. Uh, we don't have that. We, we basically kind of took the sort of the model that we have in church fuel for making mass, short short classes and putting them on demand online and making that our partnership process where we have, uh, it's going to be when all said and done, it'll be about 24 videos that are less than 10 minutes in length and uh, someone that wants to uh, be involved in our church or they want to become a partner in, in our church, that kind of thing. Uh, they'll do this on demand and it'll kind of be like an open enrollment uh, membership type deal, like an insurance world, right? Where there's a couple of times a year where you can go through the process and have a, an amount of time to go through that process. And so uh, we've really kicked that into high gear and we're putting all of that online for people to uh, to come and be a part of. And then at the end of that process, we'll have one big, uh, not big, but it'll be four times a year. So it'll be smaller, Uh, gathering where they'll ask questions and, you know, we'll have a celebration and, you know, all of those kinds of things. But 95% of what they do in that process will will be online and on demand at their own time and own speed. Um, You know, we We've changed our, our online uh, groups to uh, we've done some different things around that through uh, the way that we do them, even to, uh, you know, a lot of like small groups will meet. They'll be like 630 in the afternoon or in the mm-hmm. evening you know, and you've got to worry about child care and food right. and where you're going to meet and all those things. Well, you know, when you do them on Zoom, you can do them at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. That's Right. That's uh, you can eat whatever you want to eat <laughs> you know, you can show up in your pajamas. Uh, the only thing we're, con- you know, the only thing that we're uh, competing with at that point is Netflix, which is a pretty big deal, but, uh, you know, we've had a lot of success in in doing it that way, um, you know, during this time. And so uh, those are just some of the small shifts that, that we've been making.
0: Yeah. Well, they they add up and there's certainly shifts that uh, I think can make a difference in people's lives. So when when, uh, how's the finances and and not just your finances, but, you know, working with Church Fuel, you're talking to a lot of different churches and pastors. Uh, Have the finances been a problem for some of these uh, clients that you have? Honestly,
1: Phil, the, the majority of what we're hearing is that finances are actually going really well uh, across the board. And uh, now there are, you know, there are some exceptions where they've, they've not gone gone well at all. But I think the, the especially the churches that had a digital online giving focus uh, before the pandemic uh, honestly did not miss much of a beat. Um, it, what we have found is the churches that did not have an online strategy uh, especially in generosity and giving, uh, those are the ones that really struggled the most uh, during this time and and are going to continue to struggle going forward. Um, so we've seen, we've seen great success in that. Uh, the, the, the downside to that, I think is that the longer we experience the effects, even as cases and numbers and all that stuff begin to come down, the longer that we continue to see effects in different parts of the country from COVID, the more of an opportunity it will have to actually affect the finances of churches, uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's affecting those who attend the churches. Therefore, those who are generous in the churches. And uh, I think long term is where we're really going to start to
0: see, you know, some of that effect take place as the economy uh, takes a hit over this stuff. Yeah, uh, so I guess you would say, at least this is what I would say, and maybe you would agree with me, that if you can get people connected and if they're involved, even if it's only online, there's a better chance that they're going to support uh, what they believe in. They're going to support the ministry. They're, they're going to support the church. I mean, if, if they're not really connecting, if there's no kind of uh, – Uh, Oh, somebody said this the other day and I can't think of it. It, It's, it's not just, it's more about interaction now than it is just numbers. That's right. I mean, it should always be, it should have always been interaction, you know, but I think especially now that we're, many are just limited to online or, or at least a hybrid of that. To me, the interaction is, is the key. Well, it's the key to everything. It's the key for people's spiritual growth it's a key for their for the church's growth financially as well as getting people involved and connecting uh interaction I think is 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 an important part and so uh so as we head into you know look I think this is my take I don't think things are going to change a whole lot in 2021 I think the pandemic's going to be around pandemics mm-hmm. going to be around for a while the vaccine you know if we do if we're fortunate enough to get a vaccine Quickly, there's a there's a large percentage. I read something the other day. There's like thirty to thirty five percent of Americans don't want to take a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So you have some of that going on, and then there's there's always a chance that this vaccine. It's not a hundred percent. I mean, usually no vaccine is. In fact, my understanding is that. Uh, The only the way a vaccine will get approved is if at least at least takes care of 50 percent. So there is, you know, and we know from flu shots, you know, flu shots aren't always that effective, you know. So my take and do you agree with me or not that that we're going to be in this thing for the long haul, at least for a while, uh, because it's just not disappearing. And that's my take is the pandemic is not just going to magically disappear. You're still going to have remnants of it around and it's going to affect how people attend church or don't attend church.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I agree 100%. In fact, I I think I I was uh, coaching with a a church uh, through this the other day and, and this is not to be, uh, you know, to, to be doomsday by any stretch of the imagination. Like, like you said earlier, I actually think that there's a silver lining to this whole thing. uh, That's really good for the church. But you know, the fact of the matter is, is you're seeing uh, you're seeing this in our in our culture and in you know things like retail and restaurants and you know different things like that. Where uh, in some states, you know, you can only have 25% occupancy in you know restaurants, and so restaurant owners are, you know, they're getting upset because so they're like, well, you're killing our business because you're only allowing me to serve 25% of, of you know what I can hold capacity wise well, it doesn't mean that you can't serve them through pickup or curbside or you know different things like that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that the effects of COVID on our economy and our culture, and here's the biggest one, our mindset mm-hmm. has, has permanently damaged what happens mm-hmm. going forward, meaning that Yes, I 100 percent believe that 20 percent of our churches aren't coming back because they're going, you ain't sticking me in a room full of people, you know, and you know whether they get the vaccine or, they're, you know, COVID to them will always be around. Right. And so it, it's just changed our mindset. You know, it's changed the way that we're going to interact with people and it's changed a lot of different things. And so moving forward, I, I do think that as a church is we just have to come to a realization of that and say, you know what? Hey, it is what it is. But. The good news is, and this is this is where you know I, I find that silver lining, and I say, okay, let's let's look at what we have left. Like now we have left, we've kind of we've kind of sort of separated some of the shaft from the wheat, right? There, mm-hmm. there's this pruning process that I believe that Jesus has done in the in the life of the church, and you may not see as many for a t- time those cultural Christians, you know, a part of our church, nothing wrong with, we should reach those. I'm not saying that there's, you know, that that's bad. What I am saying, I think you understand what I'm saying is that we're getting down to like what matters most now, right? Where churches are going, you know what? Attendance doesn't matter as much as it used to. Attendance may not matter at all because we can't attend anything. Right. So (laughs) what does matter? Well, discipleship matters. Engagement matters. Uh, you know, multiplication of disciples matters. You know, all of those types of things, you know, being uh being uh actively engaged and involved in what it means to follow Jesus like, those are the things that really matter, and uh, I think that is a good thing for us when it comes to the church,
0: yeah, absolutely. All right, well, look, we're running out of time, but but let me ask you this uh, if people if there's pastors out there listening to this and, and we have pastors and volunteers and lots of different people listening to this podcast, uh, seven or eight of them, at, at least uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being funny, uh, but uh, maybe not. But uh, churchfuel.com, uh, how can people get a hold of you guys what can you offer them? I mean, I know it's coaching, but give me a minute or so of of, of tell us what Church Fuel can offer me if I was a senior pastor looking for some help.
1: Yeah. So Churchill, we have lots and lots and lots of resources. So uh, when you become a member of Church Fuel, which is I- incredibly affordable, but when you become a member of, of Churchill, you do get coaching. So uh, we have uh, five or six coaches, uh, including myself, that uh, you can set up a, a scheduled coaching time to, to just bounce ideas and brainstorm things off of, get advice or just somebody to pray with you and pray for you. Um, you know, So that's part of it. Uh, but you also get uh, courses and masterclasses. Classes, things unlike, uh, you know, how to uh, how to reset your vision or, uh, you know, reimagine your core values of your church, uh, put a path forward for your church or even, uh, you know, resources done for you resources that uh, I think now numbers in the hundreds of resources in our resource library that you can just take, uh, customize yourself. Uh, and uh, here's one of my favorite things is if we don't have the resource that you're looking for, you let us know. And we build it for you, and that's part of your membership at Church Fuel, and um, and then the other thing is just community. Like I think that's the biggest thing is. Uh, so we have a, a large, large community of pastors from all across the world uh, that are encouraging, that love to pray with one another, pray for one another, offer ideas and advice and, and different things like that. But, um, you know, it, Church Fuel is just a, it, we, we say people come for the resources, but they stay for the community. And uh, that's what we've seen over the years. And, and it's one of my favorite things. But uh, the easiest way, like if, if anybody has any questions about Church Fuel, you can always email me. It's pretty simple. Uh, Bobby, B L B at churchfuel.com, and I'd be happy to to talk with anybody about it.
0: That's awesome. That's great. All right. Well, we're out of time. Bobby Williams, uh, senior leader of It's the Ridge. Is that What's the name of the church? That's right. The Ridge Uh, Church. All right. And then also with churchfuel.com. And you just heard that's how you can reach Bobby if you have any questions for him, or if you have questions for us or you just want to pass something on to him, uh, you can always reach us. Support At streamingchurch.tv. Well, Bobby, again, thank you so much for your time. It's really good to get your perspective on this. Thank you, Phil. really appreciate it, man. All right. Well, uh, God bless you and and, and what you guys are doing there. Uh, So my name is Phil Thompson, and on behalf of Steve Lacey, Michael Gray, uh, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care of yourselves. We will catch you again next time.